what the Lord has shown me next week. I hope this will be a great blessing to you. I'd like to offer you the opportunity to ask questions by logging on to our uh, uh, email uh, at cac.org, newark.org. And if you have any questions about the lessons you've heard, you can address them to either pastor or me, and we'll get back to you in a timely fashion because we want you to learn and understand. We want you to get this in your heart. We're trying to break it down so that it will quicken the Holy Ghost in you and you will have something to turn to when you're by yourself and need encouragement. I want to go to a scripture that I didn't put up. I would like you to go with me to Isaiah 64 and 4. We're going to be reading from the King James Version this evening. And so get your Bibles and your notebooks, pens, paper, whatever you need, your tablets. This scripture says, For since the beginning of the world... And that means antiquity, since the beginning of eternity. Men have not heard. They haven't heard. Nor perceived by the ear. So that means they ha it hasn't dawned on them mentally. They haven't heard it literally. And it hasn't, they haven't perceived it either with the natural or the spiritual eye. Oh God, beside you, what he has prepared for him that waiteth for him. The person that goes, I'm just going to wait on God. I, well, what are you looking for? I'm not sure. The Bible said Abraham looked for a city that had foundations whose builder and maker was God. So he traveled all over Canaan, now modern Israel, looking for a city, a literal city. He didn't find it. He never stopped looking, though. He never settled in one place for long. I think he kept thinking because he caught a glimpse of something that was coming, something that God built. He got a glimpse of that. Now I want you to go with me to Corinthians, the, the first book of Corinthians, the second chapter and the ninth verse. There are only two verses that make reference to this. And the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So Isaiah said it first since the beginning of everything. No one has figured out what God has got in store for people who wait for him. Paul takes this up a different, to a different level. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. That means the emotion, the feeling in your cognitive ability to reason and in your emotional condition. He said, it's not entered into the heart of man. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So in the Old Testament, I'm waiting on him. But in the New Testament, I love him. And so both of these are married together. And from this we discern God is up to something good. And so tonight, the beginning of this lesson is called Behold Zion. Yes, Behold Zion. I'll never exhaust it. But I began to think of the scripture that said, For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. So I want you to visualize with me every good math teacher before she takes her students to abstract thinking, does some con con uh, concrete discussions. 
she picks up manipulatives and she says, here's one apple and here's another apple. One apple and one apple equals two. Kids have got to see it. So we're going to start with some very concrete discussions. And then I hope the Lord's going to turn me loose and I'm going to get to take you a little bit deeper. I want you to look at Psalms 2 and 6. Behold Zion. Psalms 2 and 6 said, I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. So let's understand that literally David chose Jerusalem and a mountain in Jerusalem and said, this is Mount Zion. And Jerusalem is the city of our God, the literal dwelling place of God, because he said, I'm going to dwell in Solomon's temple. I'm going to dwell in the Ark of the Covenant. And yet, when you read God's account of Jerusalem, he said, this city infuriated me from the day that it was set up. Now, that, that sounds the opposite of what this is saying here. When David wrote this, he was probably thinking, Lord, you've put me, the king, you set your king on the holy hill of Zion. But this is prophetic about Jesus Christ coming and he said, I set my king on my holy hill of Zion. So what you want to underline right there is the king is in Zion. You need to make that note very clear to yourself. And not just any old king. We're talking about the king of kings. So God is associated with this place called Zion. That's important. Now let's look at Isaiah 4 and 5. Now this is glorious. You say, I've... I've I don't know much about this. We're going to sketch out what is, what is God making? What has he made and what is he going to make? This is what we want to see. Isaiah 4 and 5 said, And the Lord will create. Say create. He's going to make something new upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion. That ought to stop you in your tracks right there because evidently, on this mountain, there are going to be places where people can stay. And we sang, on the top of Mount Zion is a city. It's an old, old song. In fact, I think it was written in 1826. And it's so old it was new to our praise team tonight. They'd never heard it. But I'll bet some of you old timers out there have heard that song. He said, I'm going to create on every dwelling place. So here we go. We know it's a hill. Which means it's high and lifted up. That means you can see behind and ahead of you. You can see all around you a 360. Now that's important. That from this vantage point, you can look down on everything that has happened and see patterns. Are you with me? You need to think with me. And he said, on every dwelling place of Mount Zion and on her assemblies, that's where people stay and then where people get together. Two different things. That means people are going to be living there and then they're going to be getting together there. Now, the New Testament says, whether two or three of you gather in my name... Now, we just said the king is on the holy hill of Zion. And then Jesus said, if two or three of you get together, I'm there. So evidently, Zion requires God and me and you. 
That's why if they shut our churches down forever, as long as we can meet, whether by phone, by Zoom, we just got to get together. And you say, well, what if I can't get with somebody? Well, then you're going to be like John on the Isle of Patmos and the Holy Ghost will get with you. That's how that works. <laughs> John said, I was alone by myself on the Lord's day and I heard and saw things. So there, there ain't no mountain high enough. Hey, no valley low enough, no river wide enough. There's no way the presence of God and this Zion, there's no way you can be kicked out of Zion. So he said on her dwelling place and her assemblies, woo, look at this. A cloud and smoke by day, cloud and smoke. Now, that should ring bells with you because when Solomon dedicated his temple and the people began to sing and worship, the Bible said the glory of the Lord fell on the house like a cloud and the priest couldn't even go inside. It was so thick. He said, on this Zion, where I'm going to abide and where other people are going to be living and where they get together, I'm going to give them a Shekinah by the day. Hey! And the shining of a flaming fire by night. Now, why that's important is Hebrew says our God is a consuming fire. And on the day of Pentecost, when they were all gathered in one place, there came a sound from heaven in Acts 2 like a rushing mighty wind. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. So where the cloud and the fire are is where Mount Zion is. And he's saying Zion is not in Israel. Zion is not so many degrees longitude and latitude. Now in the day that this was written, that's what Jerusalem was called and the mountain in it. But I'm telling you that we know very well that it's the presence of God where he dwells. And the Bible said he inhabits. He inhabits the praises of his people. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So this is why when we get together, Zion, there's an entrance and I'm going to show you why some people don't get it. He said, cloud and smoke by day, shining of a flaming fire by night. Why? For upon all the glory shall be a defense. The glory of God, the presence of God is in on Zion. Behold Zion. You go, well, where is Zion? I'm, we're going to get to it. Where is it? It's not a geographical Location. Zion is the experience when two people who have been blood-bought, who have been filled with the Holy Ghost, who have been born in Zion, born again, get together, God inhabits. Bam, Zion. I'm going to prove it. Let's look at Isaiah 14 and 32. What else about Zion? It's founded by God. 
What shall one then answer the messengers of the nation? And they were referring to the Philistine nation. That the Lord founded Zion. Because the Philistines were enemies. There are adversaries of the presence of God. There are spirits and there may even be people who say, I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to feel that. I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't want to experience that. But I'm telling you the cloud and the fire is Zion. The Bible said that's what's going to be on it. So you got to love the cloud. You got to be able to let control go because the cloud may obscure your view and you can't be afraid of the heat. He said, God founded this. The Lord founded Zion. It's not a religion. It's not a doctrine. It's not a set of beliefs. It's the experience of the presence of God. He created it. It's invisible. And the only thing you can do to get to it is be born in it. Your biology and the body is meaningless. If you're Jewish, you still have to go through Jesus. He said, I'm the door. The door to what? The door to Zion. I'm the gate. The gate to what? The gate to Zion. And when he said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, he wasn't talking about the temple in Jerusalem. He was saying, you are my temple. And if I'm going to get in you and you're going to get in me, there is a way. J-E-S-U-S, Yeshua to the Hebrews and Jesus to the Gentiles. Behold Zion. A lot of people are disappointed when they go to Israel and they see Jerusalem covered in tombs. It's nothing but memorials to what was, what used to be. Gravestones and tombstones and an empty mountaintop and a gate that's walled off by people of a different faith who were determined that the prince would not come through the eastern gate. So they put dead bodies right in front of it because they knew that no Jew would desecrate a holy place with a dead body. And right in front of that eastern gate is nothing but a graveyard. Thousands of dead bodies right in front of that eastern gate. And yet we know that Jesus Christ will put his foot on that mountain and that gate will open. I I'm not going to be there when that happens because I am living in a Zion right now. When you have been born again of the water and the spirit, you have an entrance. Behold Zion. He said, the Lord founded it and the poor shall trust in it. The poor, they get a picture of it. If I, just, if I can just get to church, if I can just get in the presence of the Lord, my eyes open up and I see things. My eyes, not this eye, but suddenly I, I know something good's coming. Paul said, I, it was written, Isaiah said, your eye hadn't seen and your ear hadn't heard and it hasn't entered into your heart. But do you know what Paul said after Corinthians? Let's go back to that scripture in Corinthians. Let me show you. We we were in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. Now I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 2 and 10. He said, it was written, Isaiah said, nobody knows. Paul said, but God has revealed them. 
<laughs> God has revealed them to us by his spirit. That's why you have to have the Holy Ghost. It's like searching for, it's searching for the, the hidden entrance. You're looking for the, the magic button and you're on a quest for the treasure. And I'm telling you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you'll hit the wall called Jesus and it'll just look like a prophet or an obstacle. Or you'll just say he was a good Jewish man. Or uh, there are 300 million gods in the Hindi religion. There are many choices. I don't have to pick Jesus. But once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, suddenly he becomes the way, the truth, and the life. And it opens up everything. He said, the Spirit reveals it to us. Behold Zion. Get a good look at it. Now let's go back to our scriptures. He said, the poor of his people shall trust in this place. Poor people. That means people who don't have all the resources of the world. They're going to go, Zion is my home, that city. What are you talking about? You live in a trailer. What are you talking about? You live in a little old bitty house. What are you talking about? You're renting an apartment. What are you talking about? That church that's been sitting on that corner for a hundred years. That's not Zion. Zion is the presence of the Lord. And he said, you can live in it. Hallelujah. Now, Isaiah 28 and 16 says, Jesus is the cornerstone. So he literally is building a city of experiences by the life of Jesus Christ. He said, people are not going to get this. They're not architects. They're not going to figure out how to lay out a city. Or He said, but I'm going to use Jesus and I'm going to say he's my building block. He's going to hold up everything. Everything that I'm going to do for my people is going to lean on Jesus. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I lay in where? Not Philadelphia. Not Tyre and Sidon. Not in Newark. He said, I lay in Zion, this invisible, real, powerful, mountain, I'm going to lay on the top of that mountain. It's going to be an experience you have to get up to get to. It's going to lift you up to get to it. You need to read Pilgrim's Progress. If you don't understand what I'm saying, read that little book. It'll do you some good. He said, I'm going to lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and he that believeth shall not run, even though the fields below are on fire and the mountains are shaking and the stars are falling from the heaven. That foundation called Jesus Christ is going to be so strong. If people grab hold of me, he said, you're not going to shake them loose. They will not be shaken loose from me. They got to grab hold of Jesus. There's no way you can grab hold of him without experiencing him. He that believeth is not going to be stampeded into running in fear. Psalms 9 and 9 says Zion is going to be a refuge for the oppressed in times of trouble. I want you to, uh, the Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble, verse 10. And they that know thy name, well, what is his name? What name? 
It's Jesus. They that know Jesus will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Then in verse 11, he said, I want you to get grounded in this idea that where you are, I am. I am where you are, and you are where I am. So I want you to sing praises to the Lord, which, where's the Lord? Where's the Lord? He's in Zion. He is in Zion. You got to get there. How do I get there? You enter the gates with thanksgiving, the courts with praise. This is what Nicodemus was saying. What are you telling me? Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. What kingdom are you talking about? You can't see Mount Zion. So are you telling me I have got to go back? I'm 45 years old. And Jesus said, are you ignorant? I'm not telling you to go be born again of a woman. You have to be born of water and born of spirit. You have to have a complete transformation mentally and emotionally or you're never going to see the city. You're not going to see it. It's not going to make any sense to you why people want to come to church and sing and worship. Your, your eyes will be glazed over. You'll be looking at your watch and yawning. When are they going to be done? He said, you must be born again to see, to see, to see the kingdom of God. And Paul said, Isaiah said, your eye hadn't seen it. Your ear hadn't heard it. It hadn't entered your heart. But God has revealed it to us by what? The spirit. What spirit? The Holy Spirit. Also known as the Holy Ghost. The spirit of Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to sing to the Lord who dwells in Zion and declare among the people his doings, which is why we tell when people get their healing and we tell when God provides and we tell the miracles that God has done. We are declaring because we're Zion dwellers. We're not looking for heaven. We're looking for the city. If I can get to the city, it's going to be all right. Does that mean I'm, I don't expect to go there? Do, that's next week's lesson. I'm not going to tell you about that. You can't do algebra until you know how to add. All right, let's keep adding. Isaiah 31, 4 through 5. How important is this Zion? How important is this concept? For thus saith the Lord, hath the Lord spoken unto me, like as a lion and the young lion roaring on his prey when a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him. And I got a visual image because I have seen Maasai cattle herders take pans and tambourines and try to drive lions by the sound of their noise away from the cow or the sheep or the goat. And this says a lion and a young lion, even if a bunch of shepherds are called against him, he won't be afraid of their voice. Who are we talking about this? The Lord. He said, it doesn't matter who comes against me, won't be afraid of their voice, nor abase himself for the noise of it. So shall it be for the Lord of hosts who comes down to fight for Zion. 
So you're living for God and you're doing everything you know to do and, and suddenly you're hearing the roar at the window, at the gate, at the door. You're starting to feel sad and you think, I'm all alone. Nobody going to do anything for me. I've been dwelling in the kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, but there's trouble and tribulation. And the Bible said that just like you can't drive off a lion and a young lion, he said, I'm focused on where my people are and I'm I'm going to come down and fight. I'm going to fight for the mountain and the hill. And verse 5 says, as birds flying. Have you ever seen a bird swoop down? Go to YouTube and see a magpie. I'm going to tell you my Australian friends have told me their kids have to wear helmets on the way to school because during the mating season when those magpies have chicks, they will literally peck the heads of those kids till they bleed. And the Lord said, as birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending it, he will deliver it. And passing over, he will preserve it. You say, he's talking about Jerusalem and Israel. No, he's not. He's talking about Zion. The place where Gentiles have found refuge in the name of Jesus through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Where there's the cloud and the fire. Hallelujah. Isaiah 31 and 9. The fire of the Lord is in Zion. We've already said that once. We're going to say it again. And he shall pass over to his stronghold for fear. This is the Assyrian king that came against Jerusalem. And Isaiah said he's going to... Don't worry, God's going to take care of it. And his princes shall be afraid of the ensign, saith the Lord, whose fire is in Zion and his furnace in Jerusalem. You say, I don't like these apostolic Pentecostal services. Well, I'm sorry. Our God is a consuming fire. And when he shows up, the fire of the Holy Ghost falls. We may cry. We may fall out. We may dance. But where there's smoke, there's fire. And where there's smoke and fire, there is God. Oh, hallelujah, lift your hands and praise the Lord. I'm not ashamed when he shows up. It's a sign of his presence. It's Zion. Hallelujah, it's the marker. Isaiah 33, 5 and 6, and then we're going to read 20 through 22. I know it's a lot of scriptures, but you need to know where you're living. I'd like to know where you are living. If you can get to Zion, God defends that place. If you can get to Zion, there's a cloud to cover you by day and a fire to protect you by night. If you can get to Zion, God will fight, defend, pass over, and preserve that place. Woo! Hallelujah. Isaiah 5, 33 and 5. The Lord is exalted. He's lifted up. Where does he dwell? On high? Where is that? What is that place? He has filled Zion with two things. Judgment. And you know what? People who don't like to be examined, who don't like the process of going, oh, got a little dirt there. Pastor got up and preached. I'm going to have to scrub that off. Oh, Jesus. And they don't like judgment. They don't like their papers getting graded. I'm not talking about judgment that throws you in hellfire. Judgment that says F. Or A, judgment that says do over, judgment that says 
retake. Judgment that says, you didn't pass it, you're going to go through it again. Judgment that says, time to tighten up, time to let loose, time to do better, time to do less. What are you doing? The, the, the rabbi, the master, the father, the power has come down and he's checking me over before my departure and saying, yes, yes, and no, no. He said he has filled Zion with the process of checking out people. You say, well, I don't like it. And then you cannot be part of it. Because if you're going to come to Zion, you're, it's going to be like being coached by an Olympic. And he's not interested in bronze or silver. Although there is good, acceptable, and perfect will. I think those are three kinds of medals. He said, I want you to run for the gold. So he doesn't let us get by with little this and little that. He said, I called you to be a nation of priests, chosen, powerful, mighty people. He said, I'm going to put you through your paces. Judgment and righteousness. In other words, what he's saying, I love this about God. If he shows me what I've done wrong, then he's going to show me how to do right. That's the key. It's not condemnation. It's not depression and discouragement. It is okay. That was good. This was not. You're going to get a chance to do good again. Let me show you how this is done. Why? I live in Zion. Hallelujah. And it's full of judgment and righteousness. Woo! Then 33, verse 6. And wisdom and knowledge what are you supposed to get from hearing correction every service and being taught how to go back and do that again? How to correct your children, how to balance your finances, how to spend your time, what to do that's appropriate in every situation of your life. What's the point of all that wisdom and knowledge? Balancing you, wisdom on the left. Knowledge on the right, you know something, and then it's got to be bad. Why? So that you can walk in Zion. Ooh. He said, it's your stability of your times. What does that mean? Your lifeline, my love. It's the stability of your life. Where is it? Zion. Behold, Zion. And the strength of salvation. Wisdom and knowledge is the stability and strength of salvation. And the fear of the Lord is the treasure. When you go through judgment and righteousness and wisdom and knowledge, you know what you wind up with? God, you're amazing. I, I cannot believe that you have been building this thing. Emotionally, I should be torn up by the Rona, and I'm not. And mentally, I should be all over the map, but I'm not. Why? Behold, Zion. Oh, Zion, city of Jerusalem, city of Jerusalem. What are you talking about? Jerusalem, Israel? Mm -mm. New Jerusalem. What are you doing? I got my eye pressed against a glass. All I can see is little glimpses, but I thought I might tell you the joy that is set before you. Whew. Let's go a little bit deeper. Verses 20 to 22. A quiet habitation and a tabernacle that's not taken down. The tabernacle was moved every time Israel moved. They took it down, folded it up, put away, and, and took off. And this says, look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities. 
That means the city where we are focused. Thine eyes shall see Jerusalem, chaos and division. I'm going to tell you what it is right now. Armed guards on every street, everywhere. There are people in army attire and places where you can and cannot go. It is a city ripped apart by hatred, division, and strife, even among Christians. But he said, you look upon Zion and your eyes shall see a Jerusalem that is a quiet place. A tabernacle that shall not be taken down. Not one of the stakes shall ever be removed. Neither shall any of the cords thereof be broken. Verse 21. But there the glorious Lord. Will be to us a place of broad rivers. Your experience can be as deep as you want to go. You want to just get your ankle wet? You just, oh, hallelujah, lay me down to sleep. But if you'd like to swim, if you want to get over your head in this, you can learn and God can give you wisdom and knowledge and quicken you. You have just begun to explore the depths and the height and the width of this great city. We haven't even begun to see it yet. But the Lord is revealing it to us by the Spirit. He wants you to know where you've been living. Hallelujah. Right here. Oh my God. He said streams and rivers where no galley, no ship with oars. There will be no ship on those rivers. And verse 22, the Lord is the judge, the lawgiver, and the king. Public opinion doesn't have any bearing in Zion. What people think doesn't matter, which is why you can worship your king with abandon. You can cry to him with abandon. Why? Once you have found the city gates and you enter in, the king is the one who reigns supreme. He will judge what is right and appropriate. He is the one who lays down the law and he is the one who gives the word. And at his his word he can set captives free he can shake heaven and earth the devils tremble at just his name oh lift your hands right now behold Zion God let us catch a, catch a glimpse of this amazing place you have made I want you to look Psalms 84 and 7 if I stay there if, I, if, I, if the Lord begins to correct the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart and, and, and suddenly I start feeling chastened about things and what is he trying to do? He'd like you to live there the whole time, not just Sunday morning when you come to church or Wednesday when you do Bible study, but he would like to incorporate Zion into your daily thinking, into your emotions and the way you act and feel and respond to your life. He would like to be the one who judges what's appropriate for you. He would like to be the one to shape your soul circumstances and tell you how you should feel and think about things hallelujah and what do these people do that live here they go from strength to strength hallelujah not from weakness and depression and oppression but they go from one strength to another one you know what that feels like to me? That feels like being in a gym and I got a coach and he has started me out with two pound weights Come on. I, I thought this was going to be just like retirement and chips and, and chicharrones, you know. <laughs> I thought we were going to have some pork rind and some Diet Coke and some snickety, you know, a little snicker bar. 
And you want me to do what? Come on. I want you to bench press two pounds. And then you pass that, and all of a sudden he said, very good. Now I'm going to add 10 more. Uh-oh. Get up. I can't take it. Oh, yes, you can. You're on Zion. Why are you doing this? I'm trying to build you up. I'm going to make you awesome. You're in an awesome city, and you've got to get the city in you and you in the city. And people who live in Zion are not people who go around in weakness and despair. They may cry. They may suffer. But when they see a weight, the Lord says, pick it up. Hallelujah. Until you overcome and suddenly you are not the same sniveling weakling you used to be. My God. They go from strength to strength and get this. Every one of them appears before God. You ain't hiding behind no minister. When you're in Zion, the Lord calls your name. Come here. Everybody in Zion gets to stand before. Lord, look at me. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Hey, this is not reserved for people who pastor and people who sing. It's reserved for people who say, take me to that place, Lord, to that secret place where I can be with you. You will make me like you. Behold Zion! Oh, clap your hands right now to the Lord. We just got to have a little praise break. It's 757. Help me, Lord. I got three more places to read. Psalms 87 verses 1 through 5. This is so amazing that we got to read it. Hallelujah. And we may go a little bit further. His foundation is in the holy mountains. So we know that Jesus... Jesus did not build Zion on a plain, in a valley, or on a plateau. He said, if you're going to get to my city, you're going to climb up. You're going to climb up higher, higher into the clouds, into the atmosphere, oh God. Paul said, I, 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 I'm, I'm climbing a mountain. He said, I'm laying aside every way. What are you doing? I'm looking for the city. Oh my God, I'm looking for the city. If I can get to the city, I'm pressing my way through. I'm on my way to a cleft in the rock. Hey, hey, his voice is drawing me. What are you doing? I'm forgetting what's behind. I cannot go back there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going back there. I can't, I'm letting it go. Let it go. Let it go. And I'm reaching for the next thing before. It's a little bit vertical. I'm reaching for it. I'm pulling myself up. Help me, Jesus. And sometimes I'm hung between the past and the future. My present, I'm just stuck. Reaching for the things which are before I press. What are you doing? I'm pushing through this thing because I can hear him calling me. Come on. Come on. Come on, there's a revelation at the top of this mountain. And when you get done going through this, you're going to have strength you never knew you had before. Come on, push. Oh, my God. Verse 2, the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. He said, I would rather you be at the gate of Mount Zion than don't tell me your biology and you're a child of Abraham. I'm not interested in your biology and your Jacobness. Get to my city. Oh, that city on the top of Mount Zion. The old pilgrim. Yet I love thee still. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. He said, 
I'm going to come down and on a Wednesday night, May the 20th, 2020, I'm going to talk to a little group of people who've been thinking they're just meeting at 22 North 23rd. Zion is going to explode in this house Sunday. It could explode right now in your house. But when we get together and we start singing and shouting, there are going to be some doors that aren't even apparent here. There are going to be some singing and some music that I'm not going to be able to play. And there's going to be the noise of a trumpet that Ken Gastineau cannot blow. Because when the Lord comes down on this place with thunder and lightning and a cloud and smoke, hey, those that love Zion are going to have an explosion of praise and glory. Glorious things. Then jump down to verse 5. In case you think I'm a lunatic. And of Zion it shall be said. This and that man was born in her. If you're going to be born again. You're going to have to be born in Zion. And you're going to have to go past the chief cornerstone. Which is Jesus Christ the righteous to get there. I didn't write the rules. I'm just telling you the map to the city. Three gates to the east. Doom, 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 three gates to the west. Oh, three gates to the north. Hey! Hallelujah. The highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writes up the people that this man was born there. The Lord shall count. Not me. I can't count you. I have no right. The Lord's counting and he's going, who was born? Hmm. I'm looking to see who was born in Zion. I know who was born in Zion. And then verse 7, as well as the singers, as the players on instrument, singers and musicians are in Zion. You say, I don't like music. I hate it. Can't come to Zion then because the Bible says there are singers and music makers there. Oh, I hate that noise. I don't like that noise. I can't stand that noise. Would you rather hear the crack of the whip? Or would you rather hear Miriam playing a tambourine because they passed through the Red Sea? Hallelujah in Zion there is singing and rejoicing and noise and praises. Joel is our last reference. So you can put away your notebook after these two scriptures. I had to stop here. I couldn't take any more. Joel 2 and 23 and then 3 and 32, I believe. Joel 2 and 23 and it may be 2 and 32. I'm not sure. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. He's given you the former rain moderately. He gave you a little taste. Did you like that? That was great, wasn't it? Did you like it? Well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to cause to come down for you the rain. Y'all, we done had rain. So I've had rain. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to give you rain times three. I'm going to give you rain then I'm going to give you the former rain, what they used to have. And then I'm going to give you the stuff that comes later. And I'm going to do it all at the same time. I'm going to drop a bomb on you. Oh, my God in heaven. Where? Behold Zion. 
Oh, my Lord and my God. Sister Tracy tried Joel. Here we go. The Lord is going to roar. I want God to be quiet. Well, baby, you're not going to like Zion then. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is going to let out a yell. He said, I'm going to get on top of that mountain. Ah! And his voice from Jerusalem where the Holy Ghost fell. He said, that's where you're going to hear me. From the point where the Holy Ghost fell. I want to hear from God. Then you're going to have to get near the Holy Ghost. And the heavens. Mm, I think he's shouting right now. You know what I think's happening? I think he's yelling. I think he's yelling. I think God stood up in Zion and I think he has let it rip. And the heavens and the earth are going to shake. But, mm, no, wait a minute. Wait, 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 what? He said, I'm going to upset global everything global everything. I'm going to upset the ozone. I'm going to upset the universe. I'm going to upset everything. I'm going to upset it. But the Lord will be the hope of his people. That's where we are, folks. And the strength of the children of Israel. I want you to stand with me right now. God has given us this because he wants you to know if you want to come to church Sunday, you don't have to be afraid. If you want to have Zion at home, you can stay at home. We'll put it on the screen and you can say, Holy Ghost, I feel like I need to stay in. Stay in and then let the Lord fall in your house because Zion is not 22 North 23rd. Street. Zion is when my people called by my name enter into my presence. Hallelujah. And I want the singers to come up right now. And I want you to lift your hands as you come. And I want you to praise the Lord with me. Hallelujah. We are on our way to a Zion explosion and experience a power of God. This is Zion. It's bigger than Jerusalem. It's bigger than the temple. It's bigger than Israel. It's bigger than the globe. It's bigger than the universe. This is the God of heaven and earth that has created all things. Oh, lift your voices right now. Let's praise him together. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.